like we're starting a little. The the, the, the music there's music still playing. So now it's oh. going. It's Marissa and Adam, and this is Natural Disaster. I didn't go with you too. This is not. This is the worst opening, but I, we're gonna keep it. We're not. No, Marissa, we're keeping it. God damn it. Anyways. What up, everyone? Welcome uh, to Natural Disasters. Welcome to Natural Disasters. Today we are drinking the Surin uh, 2017 by Domaine La Taupe. Um, it's imported by Fifi Wines, and it's a Sauvignon Blanc from the Loire Valley, mm-hmm. France. Do you know what part? Um, I, I you brought this wine over. I did bring this wine, and I don't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm doing my best here. Pat. All right, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I had a whole thing planned about everything I do know now. What the hell? It's Anyways. okay. It's okay. So Laura Valley, um, it's biodynamic. Um, it sees five days of maceration, and it's uh, in oak for 18 to 24 months. It's real good. It's definitely it's, rich. It's got some richness. You can taste the skin contact. Yeah, I really... So um, in color, it's sort of like, you know, a, a really pretty, like, kind of on the lighter side, marigold. I, uh, it kind of reminds me of something metallic for some reason. Like gold, the taste like, or the, the No, color. no, the color. Like, yeah. It's got like a metallic... Like, it almost looks like fool's gold. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 uh, exactly. Like when fool's gold shines and when it doesn't, you know how there's like, you know, it's, it's gold, but then there's also like kind of like greenish gray yeah. kind of qualities to it. Um, yeah, and it smells, it smells, it smells like just so prettily oxidative just like really nice like well integrated like bruised pear situation going on i think it's really nice yeah totally actually it almost smells like it smells almost smells like it's gonna be sweet it does it smells like it's almost gonna be um like a like a like a pear tart yeah you know and um it actually it's you know it's it's cloudy here in los angeles uh we're we're recording not at noon today. We're recording in the in the in the oh, in, at dusk almost. At dusk, yeah. So this is actually a really nice dusk white wine. It's not super cold, and it's still awesome. And it tastes like yeah, like just like it tastes like it tastes a lot. Um, it has a lot more acidity and lift than I thought it was yeah. gonna have. I think this is one of those examples really of a white wine that f- absolutely, without a doubt, could be served at the end of a meal. Yeah, like you could, you could wherever you wanted to put red wine, you could put this white wine. This is so, and it delicious. could, it, like, this is like a steak white wine, or this is like anything where you're like, oh, I need something, I need something, I need something with girth. It's so well, it's so well integrated for being in bear, like for being in oak. Yeah, you, you wouldn't, you don't. It's just it's so smooth and soft, and like the tannins are, you know, kind of just like it's nice. It's really nice. It's a really beautiful wine. Um, cheese. I'd want it with cheese. Yeah, I just it's it's and it's this is something I always say. I said a few minutes ago. I think that um, it's not quite as cold as I usually serve my white wines, but it's not um, doing it harm. No, because I think that any great white wine can be served at room. Yeah. Well, not yeah, it's at cellar or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or no, I think if, I think if you let a, a a good white wine if it warms the room should I think stay. It still tastes good. Yeah, it still tastes. Excuse me. Good. So I agree. I don't disagree. Anyways, it's really good. Definitely. Um, I'm. I've never had this. Maybe I haven't. I just forgot because I try a lot of wines, but I haven't had this producer that I know of. But it's really nice. Yeah. Um. Cool. So today we are talking about wine fraud. Bum bum bum. So. <laughs> yeah. Wine fraud. Wine fraud. It's exactly what it sounds like. It involves wine. Yes, it's wine, and then it's uh fr- wine that's fraudulent. Fraudulent wine. Yeah, not real wine. Yeah, so fraudulent wine is wine. So a, a fraudulent wine would be a wine that represents itself as something, 
but it is not actually what it represents itself as. Yes. And there's two ways that are two main ways. There's like a lot. There's a couple of different ways. I mean, there's more ways. <laughs> there's more ways than one to uh, skin a cat. Uh, you know, there's like more, her, more than one way to fraud a wine. Yeah. There's more than one way to, to fool a, a, a sommelier. A, yeah. Or not a sommelier. I was going to say a wine consumer or something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but there's there's two main ways. Um, the first is manipulation of the actual juice or quote unquote juice. Like, cause sometimes it might not even be juice that's in there. So yeah. What's an example of, so, what's an extreme example of that? Okay. So as we know with like a, a lot of like, you know, conventional and commercial wines, artificial and wines, artificial wines, even some, um, even some, uh, natural wines see some little bit sometimes of, you know, a little bit of manipulation. Well, depending yeah, what we would the, call manipulation. Yeah. Um, but a main thing or like what we're talking about is like when either like there's so much water added to the wine um, that it like dilutes it. So it's spread out more, you know, I mean, w this type of manipulation, like wine fraud has been around for fucking ever. And it's just like anything else, like anyone, someone has a product and they want that product to stretch and they want to make money. It's like, you know, it's like cutting your coke exactly. with baby laxative. Yeah, or with fentanyl. Or with fentanyl. Um, but hopefully right. you're not going to die from fraudulent wine. But, for example, um, in a Life magazine uh, issue from February 1968, um, it says, quote, newspapers estimated that one-third of all Italian wines on the market had never seen a whole grape. Now, these false wines at the time that they're talking about were concocted of the dregs of bonafide wine, beet sugar, potassium ferrocyanide, well water, because tap was expensive and yeah. metered, ox blood, and ethyl chloral carbonate, to name a few. So, so yeah, there was I mean, like no wine even in it. It was like, it was just like, it was basically like the absolute shit, like bottom drops, and then beet beet sugar and like all sorts of other well, shit. What they're doing is they're taking the pumice or something. Yeah, the pumice, yes, yeah. Or the, or the ra or raisins. Yeah. And they're reconstituting. Um, and I think we we did we talked about Piquette yeah. in, a, in a previous pod. Piquette is not wine fraud. And the reason why is because if you say what it is, you're not being yeah. fraudulent. And if you're just saying I'm adding water to pumice and then I'm adding honey to 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 change the the sugar and you're being honest about what it is obviously and it has a name it's not called fraud wine it's called piquette right that what i'm saying that's not fraudulent what's fraudulent is doing all that stuff and then calling putting a it label wine. on it and selling it as chianti yeah exactly um so in another in like i feel that this that like this kind of falls under wine manipulation or like manipulation fraud which is like blending of like using different grapes like there's also like quote unquote like blend fraud and you were right. talking about that's this. like when when they were talking about like in the past and maybe it still happens today I, I hear it does but i don't know where if burgundy let's say has an unusually cold uh season and no one is able to get anything uh to the ripeness that they're looking for maybe they'll truck in a couple tons of grenache from the south of france yeah or from uh uh you know north africa i've heard and that's or, okay as long as you say that that it's oh, no. not but, well i mean like i mean it's not okay but i'm like it's but, okay yeah i know what you're saying yes it's it's i mean you can it, blend in grapes you can blend in grapes if you're like yo this is a blend but the fact that like people in burgundy are like if yeah if, they're if, selling if they're trying to sell um leftover grenache as a bona fide like burgundy, burgundy pinot noir yo that's wine fraud yeah that's wine fraud you got frauded yeah you got frauded um, you got frauded and i mean there's there's i mean throughout history there's famous sort of like how Rioja got its start was yeah. like it was it was the 
the Tempranillo was the fraudulent wine that would get sent, or the wine that would get sent to Bordeaux to be fraudulent, or like all these sort of histories, or like, you know, oh, a Bordeaux house just opened up in Rioja. That's weird. I wonder why. Well, it's because they were manipulating, manipulation. Capitalism ruins everything. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, there's there's that part. Yeah, speaking of like capitalism and like, uh, I, I don't I don't think that, I don't know if France was like a democracy. I don't think there's any way that it was a democracy at this point. But people were fucking pissed about um the about wine fraud back in the day the, with the manipulation so like this uh the first or not the first there's no way it was the first but a one of them okay so like what happened was is like y'all know about Loxra and yeah. how that took over kind of you know european wines in and killed them in the late 1800s so then there was a just Go France on. definitely was a democracy. Oh, and I'm talking. Okay, great. That's what I thought, but then I was like, maybe I'm just because I'm I'm trying to. Uh, I have a lot just, of- the, the French Revolution was just after the American Revolution. Okay, because well, all right. So, anyways, perfect. This is why I don't I don't do politics unless it's just like stuff that relates <laughs> to me and me getting my. Ah, uh, but you know what? Uh, Napoleon <laughs> might have been in power during this. It doesn't and matter. Okay. In that case, what it, it wasn't so, a democracy. All right. So, anyways, democracy. What I'm saying is like capitalism, democracy. Um. People, shit was going down. People were fucking pissed, pissed about these fraudulent wines because after, um, after Phylloxera, like, killed shit, a lot of fraudulent wine was being made, right? So in December of 1893 in Montpellier, France, uh, France, I don't know why I had to say it that way, but like- France? Yeah, well, like- Montpellier, France. Exactly. <laughs> um, thousands of people marched and like signed petitions against the fraudulent wines. They were like, no, like the government needs to fucking do something about this. Oh, the people, the, the people, people were like- out. They were not Do happy. something, government- Well, no, but then they didn't do shit in 1893. And then instead- in well, not instead, but then again in June of 1907, back in Montpellier, like between 600,000 and 800,000 people. So, regardless, it's like over Almost. half a million fucking people gathered and marched and demonstrated against the fraudulent wines. And like they they made the government like actually give a fuck, but then the government like it started cracking down on fraudulent wines, but really it spent most of its time. Dedicating itself to like regulating the AOCs, which is a totally different thing for the podcast. But yeah, like, yeah. people fucking were pissed. They were like, "Do not, you know, don't fuck with our wines." Yeah, you know. So I mean, well, there's a sense of pride. I mean, that's the whole AOC thing. Is yeah. like there's a lot of pride in in where you're from and where the wine is from and all that sort of stuff. And well, it being representation of a representational of that area and that place, which kind of goes into the second like most common form of wine fraud, which is label fraud. Label fraud, which which is basically when you have a bottle of wine, and whatever's in the bottle kind of doesn't matter, and you put a label of something that could sell for a lot more money, or like kind of what we talked about, or, or like instead of a blend, if it was just like straight up like Rioja wine, but you put like a Burgundy label, or you on just it. buy, or 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 or, or 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 a good example I think is, uh, I'm I want to buy a, a a bottle of Burgundy that sells the you know. The, it's, it's like the particular. It's in the crew. Yeah. But but the 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 producer that sells it sells it for half the price of this other producer that makes the same crew or a similar wine, and so you you switch the labels. Uh, um, yeah, and it's it's basically you're basically you're just tricking consumers are just being tricked into buying a wine that they think is 
um, more highly regarded either because of its location or its producer. Um, yeah, it all all of this stems down to though, like I well, think, and like just real quick, like this also like merges into um in like wine investment fraud, which is like where um basically if someone knows like something will be liquidated, they can like they'll like change the labels on that to like sell them quickly, you know. Like yeah. at auctions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so th- it also like fucks with people's money because people think that they're investing in wines that are from a certain place or by a certain producer, and it's like not at all. It's well, fraud. This, this takes us all to I think what we're, we're culminating to, which we're we've been dancing around, is Rudy Kurwan. Yes. And this is this sort of all. I, I don't know. Uh, to all our our podcast listeners out there. Um, I don't know how many of you know who Rudy is or have heard the story of Rudy. Or... I'm sure it's like half. Well, half. he was arrested in 2012, 2012, I believe. Yes, and what um, for? Adam, Adam, Adam knows this story much better than I do. I came hard with dates. Yeah, but Adam's coming hard with Rudy. Uh, I'm, Rudy and I coming hard together. <laughs> Yo, uh, in prison. Uh, oh. Yeah, Rudy's sort of I think uh, jumped onto the scene in like the late 90s, maybe the mid 90s, late 90s. Really, really, and he made... was a, but he was like an invest, like a. So wine. Rudy was a Rudy was a. I don't know what he did f- to make his money. I believe what he said he did to make his money, or what he did to make his money, was investing. He was an investor, and he was very young. He was like yeah. in his twenties, and he supposedly made millions of dollars investing in the stock market and stuff. And um, at there's that... a documentary on him. Yeah, I think sour, it's sour grapes. Um, but. Uh, I, the reason why we're talking, I knew, I knew Rudy personally. I, I, I always forget that part. I, 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 I knew Rudy. I think Rudy. you've mentioned that on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've been, I've, I've socialized. I've had but, social interactions. But the thing that Rudy, Rudy did was like he not only manipulated the wine that was inside, but he also did like label fraud. Right. I, you know, I thought you were going to say something different. Um, yes, but I'm going to say He's what like I thought you were saying. He didn't only manipulate wine he also manipulated the people well but that's what all wine fraud is it's manipulating consumers into thinking that they're buying something that's either more he about- wasn't he wasn't pulling the wool over consumers eyes he was he was he was investment frauding he, he even worse i think he was getting close to the wine elite and convincing them by by wine and, and dining. I watched this with my own eyes. I, I witnessed this. Yeah. I was there with this. He would invite all the Psalms in some city out to dinner somewhere and he'd bring in all he'd bring out all these wines and he'd open twenty wines with them at some fancy dinner somewhere and he'd pour and he'd pay for everything and everything would be taken care of and he'd wine and dine these wine professionals. And these wine professionals then would, I think, vouch, not only vouch for Rudy, because yeah. Rudy, Rudy got in some trouble pretty early on in his auction years. Um, specifically, so he was auctioning, though, for like. Well, that's a, what he was doing. So yeah. he, was, he was manipulating so he was the market. Yeah. And, and basically, investment, it's like investment fraud because people are like buying those wines at auction to well, probably he, sell. He, artially, he, he artificially inflated the price of those wines at auction, gotcha. single-handedly. So he would go into these auctions, I, and people I would be I wish I buying... just knew more about all this white-collar crime. Yeah, <laughs> emphasis on the white. I know, um, yeah. Even though Rudy's, Rudy's not. not. Rudy's not white, but he was... He yeah. Was, he got those... He got those... Yeah, the Cokes, like yeah. one of the Coke brothers and stuff. But yeah. what he would do, so he would go to, like, let's say, Sotheby's, and he would buy everything. 
So he'd spend like a million dollars on all the wine. And then he would go to another place and he would make sure to spend as much money as possible on these auctions. So now all of a sudden, if you want to buy any of those wines, you need to spend a lot of money, right? Because you can't get outbid by Rudy because Rudy will outbid everybody. Then what Rudy started doing is he started taking those wines and selling them at auction. So by artificially sort of inflating the price of these wines he was buying and then putting them back out into the market, into the auction world, now all of a sudden in 1995 when a bottle of 1982 Latour sold for $100 at auction or $150 at auction or whatever, because he was there so aggressively buying everything all the time, all of a sudden, give it 10 years and that bottle of 82 Latour, now, yeah, the price would have gone up a little bit, but now we're talking about exponential. So that price went up from auction from being a $150 bottle at auction at auction to a $500 thousand dollar yeah five thousand dollars i also thought for some reason that he did like manipulate actual bottles oh so that's yeah i'm I'm getting there oh okay wow so after after he's the he there is a reason that there's a doc on him yeah there's books written he's the master he's the master wide wine father yeah so after all that happened he started making fraudulent so rudy also didn't have supposedly uh, these are all all this is a little bit hearsay but so when i met him he was the son of some sort of millionaire billionaire from china indonesia a chinese person who from indonesia a chinese indonesian okay and supposedly came from an incredibly wealthy family we were told by him and from people around that he also was like possibly royalty or something and just had endless money and and just loved wine and loved going and whining and dining and loved all that stuff and so he was you know this sort of this mythical figure um, in, in the wine world. And he also became known as like uh, Mr. Conti or Dr. Conti, like uh, Romani like Conti. Like Mr. Wonderful on Chuck Tank. Yes, <laughs> like, ro- like Domain Romani Conti, uh, DRC for, of Burgundy. Yeah. Because he would buy it all and he'd, he'd give it all out and he would, sh- and it was just this sort of this, imagine excess, just fucking excess. We're talking yeah. like, gross excess. Like what you think of like the, like what you think of as like the, the 1%, the 1% like wine world. That's like what we're talking about here. Yeah. Like, people spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on wine at a dinner. Yeah. And the dinner costing a hundred thousand dollars. Kind of reminds me of like when they go like, um, on, um, Eddie Wong show. Yeah. Or Viceland. They did an uh, episode on, in Burgundy and it was like, it, it was insane. It was like this, uh, club of like all the like biggest collectors in the world and they all bring like these insane wines to share with each other and shit like you know like yeah, it's elite millions a millions of dollars shit. worth of wine being yeah and so and so he ended up i i believe that like so I, oh anyway so he got caught selling ponceau which is another burgundy um th- this is the best story i love this story um so it was it sold at auction and the ponceau family was like that is not our wine and they're like, oh no, it's been authentic. It's been like it's 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 authentic. It's blah. It's this. It's that. And the family's like, we didn't own that vineyard when this <laughs> wine came out. It was like a a Ponceau from the forties or something. And they're yeah. like, we didn't buy that vineyard until the sixties. Like, yeah, but that is the most expensive vintage <laughs> on the market right now. And then I think it happened again with like some magnums of Latour, where he sold like eight of them at auction, and Latour was like, we only made five. Yeah, and in the in the documentary, I remember it goes through like how he got the labels on and shit. I'm pretty sure. Well, this that was an, an extreme. I think that I, again, this is all just hypotheses of knowing him for about yeah, yeah, five yeah. or six years. 
of, of sort of witnessing. So, so what ended up happening is he ended up having no money, which is the re- he had, and all of his money was so when you own expensive wine or expensive art, you can get loans from auction houses. Yeah. So you would what he would do is he would go to lo- auction houses and he would get loans from let's say go to Sotheby's. Sorry, Sotheby's. I don't know why I keep talking about so much. Um, you go to Sotheby's and because we don't know any other auction ho- houses. Yeah, I do. Okay, well, all right. Well, Sotheby's is fine. I just in my head. I think okay. I do. I just uh, know Sotheby's because they also sell houses. Yeah. <laughs> so you go. Let's say you have you have you have this you have this uh, uh, Keith Haring painting, and you, it's worth five million dollars. And you go to Sotheby's, you can get a loan from Sotheby's, and if you default on the loan, they get they, you know they they get that yeah they get that art. And so what he would do is he would go to the, and he would just get a loan from Sotheby's, and then go get a loan from from. You're right. I don't know any other from other another auction house, <laughs> and then from the auction houses that the one percenters go to, and he would just go and get loans, and he would pay off the other loans and. Just basically got himself in a... Also frauded just like... Everyone, the, uh, everywhere. Everyone. And just got himself in a lot of trouble in sense of like money-wise and owned money all over. And But he would keep going to these restaurants and he'd bring all this wine and he would wine and dine. And this is the anecdote where I want to make myself feel better. Or not feel better, but <laughs> where I want to uh, brag. So when I knew him, I knew him mostly as he was a customer of mine. So he would come into a restaurant I worked at. I will not name the restaurant, but I was a sommelier there, and he would come in with all these wines. And this was a restaurant which, I mean, this is just how, how fucked up this whole thing is. So this is a restaurant that uh, didn't allow corkage, or we only allowed like one or two bottles, yeah. but he could come in with as many as he but wanted. But you're for that, I thought. No corkage? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally am. Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that he could do whatever he wanted. Oh, uh, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're a one corkage or a two corkage house. He's like, yo, I'm rude. I'm bringing 20 bottles and they'd all do it. And, and you know, he'd be sitting down at these tables with. So again, you'd do it. What? You'd let him do that. No, these were my bosses. Would let, I, was, uh, I was a floor sum. I was a sommelier. You were the one that was, I don't know. If I was I, the one opening the wines and no, pouring I'm just the making, wines. I, I, I mean, I'm wondering if our, I'm hoping our listeners have listened to the one where you were like, no one should be able to bring wines into things. I was just like, oh, you know. I, yeah, I still agree with that. So anyway, <laughs> he'd be sitting down with, you know, like I said, like like some of the, that's how I met a lot of these sommeliers. It's how I know a lot of these people in this industry. Rudy. Is not necessarily through no, Rudy, teasing. but through people coming in. And yeah. he would wine and dine some pretty big names in the wine world. And they'd all be at dinner with him. And uh, he was also involved with the Wassermans. So yeah. like Becky Wasserman and what's her son's name? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but they who are explaining or just briefly. Becky explain. Wasserman is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, sort of Burgundy. She's like the um, she's like the uh, what's his name? The Kermit Lynch of Burgundy to yeah. some degree. Yeah. Um, and uh, they all, I believe they were all. Uh, there was a place called the Wine Hotel in Glendale, and they were all uh, investors. Gotcha. And. All, I mean, it goes deep. Rudy yeah. was really, really, really well connected to a lot of really, really uh, influential people in wine. And so when he come in, he'd bring in all this wine. And this is me. This is the height of me wanting to be not just a sommelier, but like going Who for that? my pen and like going for the whole thing and studying and really being into it and Who wanting that? to learn all the all the crews and grand crews and all the growths. and So cool. Oh, so cool. So cool. And so I'm tasting everything, right? I have this opportunity to taste all these crazy wines. And I remember the first time I'm tasting, and it's like when it, this moment where I'm like, these are fake. And like I'm sitting here, and I'm like, 
these are these are all fake. Like all of these wines were taken. I had tasted at that point That's in time crazy. enough wine in my life and enough yeah. old wine to know. And I was like, these are fake wines. Well, especially the, at the restaurant you you were working at. Yeah, and like, so I remember sitting back with the other psalms that were working, and we were like he's pouring fake wine and we would be like watching all these people who I respected and all these people who I, who I was supposed to like just like, admire, like just like just fucking sucking his dick and like, Oh Rudy, it's funny I like, don't know. The 1971 blah, blah, blah. Isn't as good as this blah, blah, blah. Maybe if you like pulled it back a little, like saying like, Oh maybe. And, and they're just like, maybe having, you held on to it for another yeah, year. They're like they're like, they're pontificating all of this, all of this stuff. And just sort of like, it's like just going in on him and like all the this biggest stuff. boner just like being like, I got all you. No, he was doing market research. He I was know, getting all like, these motherfuckers to like be like, okay, he's like sitting there taking mental I notes. I know, but what I'm saying is like that give you like I'm sure like that give me a power boner for sure. Yeah, like being like, <laughs> I feel like idiots. this is the conversation that's going to get me in the most trouble I've ever gotten in in the wine industry. Why? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't. Been, I've never really talked about it all that much about never, like my well, my experience with this. Well, the reason that like we brought like that was the reason I wanted to talk about wine fraud. But anyway, hold on. Oh, I didn't, let me finish oh, the story. Not, you're not finished. Okay. So okay. we thought, knew, yeah. and this was probably 2007, 2008. I think was when all this was yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and and I continued, you know, whatever my path and blah blah blah. And come 2012, he gets arrested, and all these people are like, "Oh my God, Rudy got arrested!" And I was for somehow like one of the only people. I was like. Yeah, let me guess. For wine fraud? They're like, oh my God, how'd you know? I was like, did you fucker ever? Because I wasn't so far up his ass. I yeah, did you taste ever taste his wine? All of them were fake. That's All crazy. of them. That's fucking crazy. I mean, it's, it, and he's like, he's in jail. I mean, he's in prison. Yeah, I got like 10 years or something. I feel like he got more than that. I mean, fuck, I, fuck it. You know what? I'm pro Rudy. I know you did a free, free, free Rudy. Rudy shirt well, he, a while ago. You know, I don't think I don't I don't think gross capitalism is awesome, and and I think that he was like sort of sucked into the whole idea of being rich and 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 stuff. But you know, uh, taking advantage of the Koch brothers or or or, or, I'm, or I'm down with that. I'm, it doesn't it doesn't hurt my feelings that a bunch of millionaires and billionaires got their butt hurt. No, because they bought fake. They don't even give a fuck if the wine's real or not. All they want to do is talk about that they have it. Yeah, they don't even, it's not like they're, they're it's not like it. it's not like they're drinking it or they're taking it somewhere to drink where they could talk about it with people. Yeah, and and and, and like my, I noticed that even people who are like really respectful wine professionals, if if you can if you can fucking dazzle them enough, they're gonna believe that fake shit's real anyway. Totally. So what's the difference? Who cares? They're they're paying for the experience of thinking that they're drinking nineteen forty five. Uh, uh, you know. Whatever, and if that's what they think they're doing, then it was worth it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wonder if if Rudy feels that way in pr- prison, but uh, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows? But uh, the reason, so the Rudy, when you get out, hit me up. Yeah, you still got my cell, my, Yo, my cell phone, my cell numbers. We'd the love same. Be, I got the same cell numbers. We'd love Just to hit be me up. your first interview out, yeah, of, out of the jailhouse. You're, you're more than well. You even though you're probably gonna get deported to uh, Indonesia because I believe you're an illegal immigrant, but. Oh boy. Okay. Well, <laughs> lots of stuff there. Yeah. I well, he is, he is. I think. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I have no idea. Yeah. No. I'm, he used to come into dinner a lot with his mom. That's sweet. He was really super tight with his mom. That's cool. Yeah. They would well, come into dinner a lot. So the reason I was thinking about all this wine fraud, I was thinking about wine fraud because I and wanted to talk about it was because with this whole possible tariff situation. Now, just so you know, like the 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 time frame to to speak publicly about like for or against the tariffs ended on January 13th or 14th but within the tariffs like they can go into effect whenever like they don't have to tell us when they go yeah, into can, effect. I, I think they said like end it's noted as end of January 
beginning of February, whatever that means. Oh, the the thing that I read, which I think was like New York Times, said said that they that they can go into actual effect though whenever, okay. like even if they pass them or, or you know, like they yeah. don't have to like even if it can just happen. Yeah, or it or could be delayed. It, it could be. It could also be that maybe um they have to tell us their answer within that time frame, but then okay. they can be affected. Anyways, they go into but anyway, it got me thinking. So because with this. If you think about going back to like when I was talking about like after phylloxera and like how like you know wine fraud hit like this insane new high after you know in the in the late 1800s early 1900s because there just wasn't enough wine because of this because wine from Europe was so rare. Um, I just I I, I got thinking maybe I maybe it was because I had a couple edibles but I was like. Yo, is that could be very, very possible after these wine tariffs? I think that it's possible to probably, but I don't think it's going to be the wines we drink. I don't think people are going to like, going to start like making fraudulent Lacoste. Like, I, I think that it'd be more of like fraudulent Vouve or something. You think so? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe there's, I just don't know if there's anybody. I don't know. I think that the natural wine community. Uh, maybe well, I wouldn't it be easy but like there's like wouldn't it be the thing that is interesting to me is because like okay so what if the it's like they could make just like a super shitty wine here in the states and like have it be like super high alcohol have it be you know overripe whatever have it be but or not even manipulated it could like quote unquote be natural but they could be like this is a 2012 whoever you know, like, I, because I was thinking about, like, okay, like, Sonoma Mountain Winery, for example. I don't know who's, I don't think anyone's going to be ripping off natural wine, like, now that I'm saying this all out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? It's like, but I do think that it's like, but I, I mean, yeah, now that I say it out loud, I guess it was the edibles. But, yeah. Um, but I, I think that you're not wrong as far as other things. I, I think just, that, that that reality could happen. I think so, too, because, like, even, like, so, like, my favorite Instagram account is League Fits. Where I just follow yeah, yeah. all the NBA players' clothing. Yeah. But you know, so many like athletes in the NBA, particularly, but like, and also you know, lots of other sports and people that are very, very wealthy. The you know, Rudy's clientele, probably, if you will, like they're still gonna want to drink all that shit. So it's like, oh, like, is there another Rudy on the way? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I so so I know that places like Bordeaux and Burgundy and other places where they're really worried about it um, have been doing things to combat fraudulent wines with like barcodes and 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 stickers and watermarks and yeah and microchips and all microchips. sorts of things serious like crazy stuff but yeah I, I think that you know with the older wines i think that's why it's easier to make fraudulent older wines because they don't really have those yeah those, those yeah, things yeah they don't have like yeah they don't have those things and also too like um the likelihood of um someone that buys that wine not only doesn't doesn't know the label as as well given how old like if it's old yeah and also yeah. too like they probably do not have as much exp like because they probably do not have as much experience in like drinking vintage wine you know because like, vintage wine like the thing with vintage There's wines a... is like you know even though like it they don't it's easy for their profile to kind of waver you know right like, not everyone is going to be exactly the same yeah. not, it's not cookie cutter it's not, and and also too, like some of them just fucking suck when you open them. Yeah, um, there is a so uh, on Instagram. This is where I thought you were going with the league fits. Is like, um, there's 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 accounts on Instagram like that are get a lot of follows where they call out fake shoes, 
So like yeah. a lot of a lot of I think it's a lot of like influencers and 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 insta famous people and Twitter famous and sort of Ugh. Yeah, YouTube famous people, and they'll like show their new, you know, shoes. And there's like accounts that literally will be like fake, and here's why: boop, boop, boop. And they'll like call out yeah. these people. Yeah, or for it's like people with bags, like like designer bags. Yeah, like, the stitching is wrong on the inside. That's not. There's the an Instagram correct- account. I don't remember the name of it. That does the same thing with wine. So like all yeah. these people that front with wine on Instagram, this person will be like fake. Here's why: boop, boop, boop. Fake. Here's why: boop, boop, boop. And so like I I, I think that there already is like. The industry of fake wine is probably much bigger than you and I probably realize. Oh, yeah. I mean, and if you think about it, like, even, like, going to our conversation about, like, quote-unquote artificial wine, like, like you know, uh, some of those wines could actually fall under, I mean, maybe not, not maybe not as crazy as it was, you know, back in the day. But like, ox blood. It, and- yeah, that, yeah, I don't think there's any purposeful ox blood, which was used for, um, to filter out, to, to filter. Oh, not for color. Well, I think that was a nice. I think that was a nice, like, yay! But like, um, <laughs> I but, found out recently, asbestos used to be a filter for oh wine. God. Yeah, and all. Well, and so and 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 like so are uh, egg whites. Uh, egg whites. Or is it eggs, I, egg yes, egg whites are, and same with like fish bladders. Yeah. Uh, ice and glass. But ice and glass. Yeah. I think that uh, asbestos, for whatever reason, yeah, asbestos was, is real bad. Well, because I'm, I, I'm, I have. Because we all probably. I, I have a winery, and so I wanted to make sure, like, I want to be, like, we're opening a natural winery, so, yeah. like, I want to make sure that not just the wine, but everything in our life and in the winery is on the up and up, so we got some, some, uh, we're doing asbestos testing and everything, and Good job. You I a wanted to do a little research, and I was like, asbestos and wine, like, I was just, like, Googling yeah. to see if, like, if that was something I'd have to worry about just in case, because supposedly asbestos can last in the year, in the year, in, in the air for like a hundred years Dude, or yeah. something. Yeah, well, the, like I remember in high school, uh, we had like our whole school like torn apart for asbestos shit. Like, yeah, and so I, I I stumbled upon this old article from the seventies about Gallo or something, or maybe it was in the eight, and it was like four hundred and fifty people got sick from Gallo for using asbestos to filter wine. We should definitely find a source for that before. We- I saw it online. So, true or not true, I don't know. Everything on the line is you never know. The things I said were true. I looked up the, <laughs> I, I got the original, uh, I got that Life Mag. But another thing I thought, though, or that, you know, I've been thinking about since like we, like, been doing this app is like, all right, so, may, so wine fraud will i think the wine fraud will rise in some on in some way like if, yeah they're if, gonna if find the tariffs, a new way of fraud if the, if the tariffs if the tariffs happen i think that there will but um what i find really like what's funny is like um was the social media outburst about the tariffs are 1893 where yeah. people were were like pretty mad people yeah. were mad and now i'm like oh i wonder but like i'm wondering if like a 1907 like i'm like if we're gonna like, march in the streets yeah i'm like there's no way that there's gonna be like like uh, like a bunch of people marching in the streets for like wine be t- too embarrassing. Like, right like no that would never happen um but i was gonna say that i think actually wide f- <laughs> i think wine fraud is actually gonna happen but it's gonna happen to benefit us not to hurt us oh, so? because, well because some in the tariffs like there's rules about like how much alcohol or this or that and so like if we lie if you're importing your wine and you just lie and say all of your wine is over 15 percent, i don't think it's subjected to the tariffs yeah what well and it might not be lies by the time that happens because that's true global warming because of because of climate change yeah but i i think that maybe we'll start just seeing a lot of wine that's labeled as like 
higher alcohol and maybe yeah. maybe well, but labels are already true. a lot of labels already are saying between eleven and fourteen percent alcohol. Like on, you know, like on right, the well, back. that's because that's the, yes, that's, yeah. There's like that. There's after a, a certain alcohol, your tax bracket changes. Yeah, so I'm wondering if like they can just use that same kind of loophole. Right, they'll say between fifteen and seventeen, or or between maybe they can even say between. Yeah, I guess you, I guess they'd have to say over fifteen, but um. Also, too, though, going back to these riot things, you mentioned this earlier when we were randomly talking about it. Like, people have been fighting for natural wine for a long time. I think it's really important to people. I think that people have always wanted to make sure, especially when industrialization happened, they really wanted to make sure that what they consumed and what they ate and what they did was, like, Kellogg was all about that, wasn't he? Yeah, but Kellogg also was the one that like made m- abstinence like, or something. Well, he made. I'm pretty sure he's the one that made cornflakes. No, he's bad. He's he made cereal as like a don't masturbate, eat sugar instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, it was eat sugar instead of masturbate. I, I don't know if that's exactly what it was, but it was like eat the cereal, don't masturbate. Masturbating's bad. Don't I knew that. Yeah, and it, that's why he made cereal. So if I masturbate and eat Kellogg's at the same time, is that just like the most disrespectful thing I could do to him? Uh, maybe I don't know, or maybe he'd be like into it because, like, obviously anyone that t- is taking hates that masturbation that much is like really has a problem <laughs> masturbating. But um, it, yeah, it does really go to show that like people have always. I mean, I think that over half a million people gathered in Montpe- Montpellier, like in like you know 1907, to be like yeah, there was we, there was like there was only like a million people in the whole world. Yeah, <laughs> that there you know it's like those like <laughs> like so, like people fighting and like the government. Imagine the government actually listening when uh, like, a bunch of people protested. When, yeah, I mean, if that worked, I mean, a lot of things would probably be different in this country. But yeah, used to. Anyways, I think people used to do things. But there was a lot more. Well, there was a lot less to do at home. No, I was. I was <laughs> going to say that I think that like holding a witty sign while walking down like some, well, it's an Instagram up. Basically, like a a parade, a parade. It's virtue signaling. And it's like people show up for like the like the like the women's march, I think is such like a virtue. Symbol. I think it also like it appeases, and I think the government is so on board for it because it gives people this false sense of change. Yeah, like they're doing something, like they're making a difference. Well, yeah, it's like when I like lie to my son and I tell him that like he's eating ice cream, but he's really eating yogurt with, well, that, yeah. with medicine in it. Growing, I mean, I didn't. My mom convinced me that raisins were candy and cookies were graham crackers for like until I was like in first grade. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, but in um. Like I think we got to go out there and break shit, honestly. If you want to like change the world, yeah. Or maybe but not even... break shit, like put your put yourself out there. You got to like put yourself in danger. Look oh, at totally. Hong Kong. Look at Chile. Like look at these places. But what's are... going back to like these, you know, these like demonstration marches that, that were happening in France in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Like at the end of the day, it didn't even like. I mean, yeah, they were like, okay, we're gonna look out for more fraudulent for fraudulent wines. But really, what they did was it they spent more money and time on. Legisl- like putting legislation around the AOCs and like laws and rules about how to make wine in the AOCs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like that's where like a lot of what we have today still that, like, exists. Still exists. And like actually a lot of what like natural wine producers are kind of anti of, you know? Is the like, AOCs now? Well, yeah. I mean, like, um, well, they don't, I, like they don't, I don't think they don't like France. being told what to do. Yeah, exactly. But like, also too, it, like holds a lot of them back. Like, I, I constantly, I, I've used this metaphor be, or me- metaphor. I've used this um, anecdote before, and I'm sure I'll use it again. That like, uh, actually, a a producer in the like a producer that is currently alive and um, making wines um, in the Loire 
Um, one of his vintage, like he always put his stuff to the AOC because he was like, I want to be natural and a part of the AOC. Yeah. Whatever, why not? Sure. And the like the one year they were like, you know what? It's just off. It doesn't have enough acid. If you just add tartaric acid, like then it will be correct and we'll put we'll let you have it be a part of the AOC. And he was like, no, that's ma- that's a manipulation. Yeah. So it's like this weird thing where like these people that were like, um, or an interesting thing about these people that you know were fighting against, against manip- manipulation. Wow, actually you're right. Ended up um, affecting manipulations that we have today. Yeah. Wow, if anyone got through this to my my like full circle, yeah, I hope you did because I'm like kind of I'm like I was oh. I think it's actually a good place to end because that was oh yeah because I'm proud of it <laughs> no I, I mean for, no um, because it's like it is like it's all this yeah it's just a, it's 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 wild I wonder if the whole I wonder if the whole Rudy thing to some degree uh, set it's all me part of set a... me forth in my in my discovery of natural wines yeah it's sort of me being anti all of these sort of huge big. Well, and cynical of yeah of, of the of industry so as a whole. Yeah, wow. Because if you, if those of you that have listened to our episodes, Adam's very cynical about <laughs> people selling them shit. So now I know. Now we know why. Yeah, totally. Um, no, I mean, yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Well, uh, th- I learned a little bit about myself. You learned a little bit about yourself, and we all learned a little bit about uh, wine and Rudy. If, and if you fraudulent wine. And speaking of fraudulent. Uh, if you like this episode, check us out on Patreon. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Which dot we, com slash Natural Disasters Pod. We have some really fun stuff um, that we will be announcing very soon. For yeah, we have a lot of stuff. We've said that last time, but we really do, and we just want to reiterate yeah. that we have uh, exciting stuff coming probably by the end of next month. No, um, I mean, earlier. well, you guys will be hearing from me this this coming week. So okay. by the time you're listening to this, um, my our Patreons. Um, you guys will be hearing from me this week with some fun announcements and uh, yeah, definitely. Thank you check so it. much. Also, yeah, yeah, and so check out our Patreon if you like us. Um, uh, like rate and subscribe that whole thing. If you don't like us, just stop listening to us and yeah. like, um, yeah, I guess like uh, it's, 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 yeah, that's just it. stop. All right, all right, bye. bye.